welcome to the Declassified Cheat Codes podcast, your source of the newest news in gaming. I am one of your hosts, Josiah from Caterpie Mom Plays. And I am one of your other hosts, Hillhouse from Good Games, Good Vibes on YouTube. Peace, love, and happiness. And um, <laughs> <laughs> all you need is love, and, uh, man. All you need is love. <laughs> it is really funny if you were like pushing that all you need is love, peace, love, and happiness kind of vibe while only playing shooters. <laughs> Actually, uh, that's now my background behind me. Um, I've I, seen. I, I change I've it seen up. Some of your cycles. <laughs> I change it up. Like today, it's uh, it's uh, the globe, but the globe is uh, seen as seen from space. Uh, but the globe is a peace sign. So yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> World peace, man. World peace. No, but I honestly believe in that, and that's why I put it up there. It is not a joke at all. I uh, I honestly believe in you know one day you know everybody's going to get along. So for the most part, so uh, you know it's just hope. That's all it is. Call me, call me optimistic or naive or whatever. But yeah, you yeah. Know. We just got to get rid of money first. They say I'm a dreamer, <laughs> but my heart's of gold. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, and I want to <laughs> say God. another thing real quick. You know, uh, a bit of bad news uh, before the podcast actually uh, for um, the death of uh, Eddie Van Halen, 65 years old. Yes, uh, I heard about his battle for cancer. Uh, one of the one of the, you know, and I know this is off subject, but he is one of the greatest guitarists of all times. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I can't say he is the greatest because there's such a huge debate on that, but he is one of the the greatest of all times and probably a pioneer in his style, you know. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a sad thing, man. You know, one of the one of the best ones out yeah. there, and only 65 years old, but you know, led an extremely rich life and. You know, unfortunately, he lost his battle with cancer. So uh, sad, sad times for that. Yeah, but if you were to pick like five of the greatest guitarists ever, he's usually in those five. Oh, he's know? he's in the top so. five, guaranteed, guaranteed. But e I mean, easily, there's a huge debate on even the top 10. But I, I would have to say, in my personal opinion, yes, he's easily in the top five. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I read that yesterday and I was like, 2020 is just ruthless this year but um yeah i got a little i got a little pissed at one of the younger people at work because they came up to me and they said hey man did you hear that the lead guitarist for Def leopard died and i wanted to open hand slap him but i said dude it was eddie van halen and he goes who's that and i go lead guitarist for van halen <laughs> named after and he goes eddie himself he goes who and i go uh might as well jump panama and he goes, oh, that guy. And I go, yeah, not Def Leppard. You fucking piece of shit. But anyway, <laughs> I shouldn't blame him. I blame society and parents. The education but, system. That's it. Yes. yes. <laughs> what are they teaching these schools? <laughs> Damn you, iTunes. But yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a sad thing. But yeah, you know, we're all getting older. Yeah, but it's. Yeah, he he just wasn't he wasn't that old. He 60, was like just to 65. It's not that old at all. No. I feel like that's when you can start saying you're old. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you would think he had another he, 20 years in him, you know. Uh yeah. you know, do that whole uh, you know, uh Masters of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame kind of thing, you know. But uh right. I mean, Jesus Christ, look at uh 
Look at uh 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 what's his name from the Rolling Stones, dude? Mick Jagger. No. Uh <laughs> the other guy, the guy that that uh played uh Johnny Depp's dad in uh uh Pirates of the Caribbean. You look at Keith Richards, okay. Keith Richards, man. I mean, <laughs> holy crap. Eddie Van Halen was, I don't think, even in the same league as Partier as Keith Richards. Maybe that's what's keeping Keith Richards alive. I don't know, you know, but good Lord, the guy you think he was, you know, 120 for Christ's sakes. And then here's this guy that seems like he's in relatively great shape. I had no idea he had cancer. Um, I don't really keep up with celebrity gossip or anything, but when one of them dies, you can't help but see it. It's everywhere, you know, so. Um, But yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, we're going to miss him. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, Van Halen does something to uh, remember, him. you know, which they probably will. Yeah, they probably will. Um, what would really be cool. I know this still has nothing to do with gaming, but it'd be really cool if there was like a tribute album where, you know, all of the other remaining greatest guitarists that are still living oh, um, yeah. could actually perform on that. That would be really cool. Oh, dude, um, yes. But yeah, of yeah. course, a lot of them are already not living, of course, but you would just take whatever, whoever you can find still that is worthy of, you know, doing tributes to Van Halen. But get get Slash really in cool. there, man, because Slash is a great guitarist, too. And, uh, mm. you know, have him do something like Eruption or something, you know, that would be amazing. Right. OK, let's get back to gaming because we could talk about. Yeah, we could talk about that day. for hours. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, um, it is our, uh, 69th episode. So giggity, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid that I, I was, there was this, there was a moment where I was thinking I need to find some like sexual charged gaming news, but I just, I didn't go out of the way to do it. And so I'm, I'm apologize for that, <laughs> that it's just a standard news episode. I didn't bloat it full of sexually charged news stories, but, um, but it's our 69th episode, so but it is everybody should end episode, up happy. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so we always start our episodes talking about games that we played in the last week. And this week, I went pretty crazy on new games, um, mainly due to the fact that Xbox has started this promotion called Xbox Hall of Fame. And there's and a I want to just say now, this. I didn't play any because he played so many. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Xbox Hall of Fame is um, a very confusing promotion, but if you go to the website, it's going to show you that there's different contests and there's different accolades that you can get, and it's very confusing what you're actually competing for. And basically, the simplest way to describe it is they're giving away Xbox Series Xs like hoodies and stuff like that. But at the same time, the different categories that people are competing in have to do with um, either gamer score for the lifetime of the Xbox one or it's gamer score from October 1st to October 19th, or it's uh, amount of achievements that you get over the entire lifespan of the Xbox one or it's achievements from October 1st to the 19th. And then there's also, I think there was also a category. There's like, um, 
You have to do certain things in State of Decay or Sea of Thieves or Forza Horizon. And those are like just multiple days that you can compete in those. It's just really all over the place. If you go visit the website, I have to say it's very convoluted. It's very confusing what's going on. But basically, it's just a way of showing off if you can hit certain like uh, amounts of gamer score or achievements. It's very confusing. But um, simply put, I've actually tried to take my first step towards actually meeting that 10,000 gamer score by October 19th goal. I am, I think, 2,500 in, so I'm a quarter of the way there. Um, I did this by playing a bunch of um, smaller games. I downloaded the DLC to Tracks, which is a game that I played back in, like, December. It's uh, free with Game Pass, but there is a paid DLC that's only, like, three bucks, and uh, it adds some levels uh, that are space and sci-fi uh, themed for tracks and it's I still enjoy this game this game is really um, laid back and it's a really chill game that you just make model trains with and uh, it's pretty charming especially for a game in game pass like the fact that it's free it's worth checking out you know absolutely um, the next game that I did play I think is probably my favorite as far as an experience goes it's called Feather. This is not in Game Pass, but it's only $10 on the Xbox uh, One store right now. And this game is basically a flight simulator where you're a bird. And oh, wow. it's got a very simple art style. And it's more of just a chilling out and relaxing game because all you I, really do is fly around. I think I read and about this. I was thinking, is it on Steam? Is it available on Steam? Maybe, but it just released like within the last couple of weeks. On yeah, Xbox, I think I think so. we had seen it and we had talked about it and it looked really cool. But yeah, go on. I want to hear how. Yeah, it, it's it's really cool because basically all you can do is fly and you go through these rings to change the music and you go through these triangles to change your bird. And that's basically it. But uh, you can get really addicted to just trying to fly near the ground and fly through the trees and fly through caves. and. Um, it's just, it's a really cool looking experience. Like if you just want to experience the game, it's very easy to get the full achievements for it. But, um, I think you can get all the achievements in like 15 minutes. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, but as an experience, the game's very relaxing. There's an achievement for just flying around for 15 minutes. And that's really easy to do because you can get lost just trying to go beneath the clouds and through the clouds and over the mountains. It's really a pretty cool game. It's got really cool controls to it. It it could have been done very shittily, I will say, but they actually put some effort into this game and it's not long and it's not huge, but the way it performs is satisfying enough that it is worth a playthrough, I think. I think it's a pretty cool game. It reminds me a lot of, gosh, I forget the name of the developer, but there's a developer that made Journey and Abzu, and Flower. This feels like that same style of game. I think it has a lot of influence from that company that makes those. Right um, it's got similar music takes. Um, its music is really good, by the way. But the way the environment interacts with uh, what you're doing reminds me a lot of those games. Even a little bit of um, 
other games that are basically just experiences like that. So it's a really cool game. I think it's probably the best game I played this week. Um, as far as just really artistically impressive. Uh, cool. The third game I played was called One Night Stand. <laughs> that sounds really bad. But uh, this game is actually kind of interesting because it really makes you think about all the different results you can get from dialogue actions and actions that you do in a room. And basically, uh, the entire game is a scene of you waking up after a one night stand and basically you can get one of 12 endings and what you do in conversation and what you do as far as like, if you grab your clothes first before you grab your phone and stuff like that all determines what kind of ending you're going to get. <laughs> there's oh, wow. some pretty ridiculous endings that you can get. Um, one of the funniest ones is there's a way to get kicked out of the house without even your clothes. That's really funny. Basically you just don't grab your clothes and you completely pry and be an ass. But uh, there's some really fun dialogue in this game, and I do think it's it's worth a playthrough for the person that likes story based games. It's only four ninety nine in the uh, oh, that's not bad Xbox store, and it's it, it's very short, so don't think you're getting like a great deal. But it it is entertaining when you try to actually. I would suggest not looking up a walkthrough for this game. Just play it and see what differences you get from dialogue interactions. Um, there's differences even from what type of coffee you ask for, you know, like oh, everything wow. is, it's, it's one of those things where it forms like a tree and every choice changes where that, you know, outcome ends up. So it's a pretty cool game. Um, it sounds awful. Uh, if it says that your friend is online playing one night stands, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty cool game and, uh, definitely, uh, go offline when you're playing this game. Um, the next game that I played is probably the most addictive game of the games that I played. It's called Forager. This one is actually with Game Pass. And this game surprised me. Um, it is not easy to get um, achievements in so far because I have gotten zero by just playing through it. But it is hard to put down. I accidentally played two hours one day and didn't even realize it. Oh, wow. Um, basically, it is you... Think Minecraft in the sense that you're just destroying stuff to get materials and then you can make stuff in the forge and stuff. But what if Minecraft was even faster paced? Like what if you could do so much more and it was so fast that you felt like you couldn't put it down because if you were not doing something, you were letting something else go to waste. So in that sense, it's so hard to put down. Um, what's worse about it is the the save screen is kind of hidden. So it's like if it wasn't addicting enough to keep playing it and not put the game down, you have to like look for the save and exit to main menu <laughs> choice. When you press, um, there is no like start button. You have to go into like your menu of all the stuff you're carrying and then like tab over to settings. And then at the bottom of settings off to the right is like this, do you want to save and exit because the game is built to like never stop playing. So it's like, I remember hearing an interview about how Halo was designed to be addictive by the sense that it never took you back to the main menu, that it would always just make you keep wanting to play it. Uh, this has that same type of like dopamine thing going on where 
if it doesn't offer the ability to quit and it doesn't offer the ability to get bored, it is just like 100% addiction and it, it's crazy. It's a fun game, but I do warn you, if you do play it, you may accidentally play it for like an entire evening. Um, <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. I'm liking it so far. It's just, it's fun to play. And what I do with a game like this is I just mute the music in the game and then I play my own music through like Spotify. And then that's yeah. like really enjoyable because this game is like so mind numbingly like uh habitual where you can just do it without even thinking. Like that's why like all those hours pass. So I've been doing things like listening to podcasts, you know, like not my own podcast, but other podcasts while I was playing this. And it was pretty cool. Uh, it's a very good time waster, very Zen like game. I think Feather was also a Zen-like game, but this one you feel like you're accomplishing something because you can just hoard up materials. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend this game. It's in Game Pass. Uh, check it out at your own risk. Um, the next game I played was at the uh, request of my brother-in-law. He wanted to play Secret Neighbor, and it was quite crazy the first couple times I played it. I don't feel like I understand it yet. I do want to play it more, uh, but I do say that Secret Neighbor's head bob is quite mind-numbing, and I'm going to see if there's something in the settings to turn off the head bobbing, but the first-person head bobbing is ridiculously uh, nauseating. Uh, besides that, it's pretty funny that you don't know who the neighbor is. So basically, the synopsis of the game is you play as a bunch of kids with your friends, and when you go into this house, you're trying to unlock something, I guess. I don't know, because you can find door keys and keys and stuff. But one of your friends is secretly the neighbor who's trying to capture and kill y'all. So <laughs> it's really funny because everyone's trying to act like they're not the neighbor. If this sounds familiar, it is kind of familiar to the formula of um, one of us in that sense. Um, but it is pro it's not nearly as straightforward. Um, it's really funny when you figure out who the neighbor is because then <laughs> there's no more lying and everybody knows who it is, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty crazy to play. Um, I will let you know next week if I play it more and if I actually like figure out what's going on with the game. Um, right on the, um, if you don't know what secret neighbor is, it's from the same universe as hello neighbor. So it's like hello neighbor, but instead of alien isolation style, it's, uh, one of us style. It's like that. Oh. Um, the next game that I played was Mountain Blade Warband. And this game was ridiculously weird. Um, I, I've never played a game like this. It felt like an old PC game. Because at the beginning of the game, you just describe who you are, what what like kingdom you came from, what your what your profession is, who you trained under. Like all this random stuff to just build a story. So it's very RPG-ish at the beginning, but like to the extreme. And then randomly you do some walking around and fighting with very primitive graphics, uh, which I guess you could look past if you're really into the RPG aspect. But then traveling is like through a, through a dialogue screen. And then it's crazy. It's like one, it's like 60% dialogue screens and 40% walking around and attacking. So think of... It, it's really hard to describe this. So I probably sound like an idiot because I haven't played games like this. 
But to me, it feels like Skyrim meets Oregon Trail. (laughs) 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 Where it's imagine you couldn't travel from city to city in Skyrim and instead you had Oregon Trail uh, words you had to read and then you made choices by choosing dialogue choices and stuff like that. Um, It was crazy that Sometimes I could talk to people in person in the game, and then other times it'd be completely brought up in the dialogue screen of me going to a new place, and then the conversation would end without me ever actually seeing the person. So it was really weird in that sense. Like, it is 100% confusing on, like, I don't know. To me, that feels like it disconnects you from the game, but I can see how some people may be so into that type of RPG um like setting up situations where that's if you're like enjoy setting up a situation more than actually you know going through with the act then maybe this is the game for you because i do know there's people that like setting up role-playing games more than they like actually doing the games um (laughs) so if you're more into the setup feature this game is a lot of that but to me that was pretty boring pretty quickly um but that's just my opinion. Don't trust me on that if you're into this type of game. But I played it for a little bit. Didn't I don't think I even got an achievement in it. I gave up on it because it was just so boring. But um, the last game I played was actually quite impressive. It's called Drake Hollow. This is also in Game Pass. Drake Hollow is obviously made with the Unreal Engine. Uh, the characters look very similar to Fortnite textures. It's got uh, Fortnite textures on like the uh the grass and the trees it's got that similar art style and this game was pretty enjoyable in the sense that you basically go through and forage for materials and you can trade them to get more money and you have to go to island to island to rescue these creatures and the creatures help you build stuff and it's an enjoyable game i feel like i've already talked about this game to someone um i hope i didn't talk about this on the last show so i won't stay on it too long but it's a cool playthrough. I played a little bit more this week. Uh, it's not like an easy achievement game, but as far as a time killer and just something different, it's a pretty well-made game. So uh, it's worth a playthrough. I think it's a little bit aimed at younger audiences, but it handles pretty well. Like it's got a pretty good um, hit detection and all that stuff is pretty nice. So uh, that's about all I played this week. I know it's long. I'm sorry for talking so long about it, but um not at all, yeah, man. That was it. That's what it I played games, this week. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already have some more lined up. I've already downloaded Ark Survival. I'm hoping to knock out some achievements with that this week. I've never played much Ark. Um, I do know it is a monster on your system. I know it takes forever to load things. <laughs> I yes. know you have to like lower the resolution for it to even like play well. Um, so yeah, I'll on like what? look into on all PC? that. On PC? On Xbox. I've heard it's it can like I heard like the original Xboxes can sometimes like crash just trying to open it. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not really uh optimized for Xbox that well. <laughs> but um yeah, I hope to check that out and see what that's all about this week. Right on. Is there anything you're looking forward to playing this week besides the usuals? Um, well, actually, yeah. Um, Rogue Company uh, actually just went esports. Yeah. Uh, that is a free game. So I've been playing it a little bit on Xbox, but uh, I'm getting more into the PC thing. 
Uh, so um, I've downloaded it on PC. I'm going to be playing it and also uh, went ahead and downloaded. Uh, have you played Rogue Company at all? Yeah, I uh, didn't really have fun the first time I played, but I think that's because I didn't give it much of a chance. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm actually playing more Rocket League. And uh, I've been looking into um, trying to improve my game with Rocket League. So uh, I'm going to be playing uh, with keyboard and mouse. And I've I've found some things uh, using a keyboard and mouse that should make that game much easier. So I'm actually kind of excited about it. Uh, but there's a couple of competitive style games like that that I want to work on. You know, other than that, I'm just going to be playing a lot of World of Warcraft and uh, waiting for the new um, uh, Overwatch to pop. And also the cool. uh, Shadowlands yeah. got pushed back to later this year. So, uh, you know, and believe it or not, some people are actually asking for uh, refunds on that, dude, which is absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand it, but because um, uh, the game's going to come out. But, you know, you think people would have learned by now that this is a smart thing when they decide to wait so that everything's perfect, you know? And uh, yeah, and uh, there's rumors about overwatch twos maybe having a beta at blizzcon this year oh wow that would be cool so that that's heavy rumors but that's that would be crazy um i feel like we were already thinking that it would be crazy if overwatch 2 would have any new developments in a year because it was at such early stages and then covid really made it feel like there's really no chance of it you know making the situation any better so for there to be a beta would be very surprising to me. I feel like spring would be the earliest that I would normally think. But you know how they try to push things out on BlizzCon, even if it's not oh, ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they may have some things that maybe they have a small area of the campaigns ready and they just want to see what people think. You know, it could be that. But who knows? Who knows, man? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was trying to think, I was trying to think of something I was going to say, and I don't want to forget it, but I guess we can just talk about the new releases that came out recently, like their Metacritic scores and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Recently, uh, Crash 4 just came out and, um, the, the weight has been lifted. <laughs> um, Activision actually made a good Crash 4 game. It's got very positive reviews. No one's saying it's the best game ever made. But people are saying that it's a quality title that is a good follow-up to the series. And after the success of the remastered of the Crash Bandicoot uh, 1 through 3 in the Insane Trilogy, um, yeah. it was, it was, it's a totally different ball game for Activision to actually make a sequel that's good. Because so far they made a remaster of uh, CTR and the Trilogy, but this is the first brand spanking new crash game that they've made. So there was a lot of pressure writing on this one and to see that it has favorable reviews is very refreshing. It's like, thank God they didn't fuck this up. So I've heard a lot of people that are crash fans saying this game is really good. So if you're a fan, go check it out. I think it is most likely worth it. I've seen some gameplay that reminds me of the old games, but also, you know, has that modern twist to it. So it doesn't look like it's stale in any sense, but it doesn't look like it's going to impede on the original gameplay. So I'm very happy cool. with that. So that looks really cool. Right on. Uh, the other game is Rogue Squadron, 
Yes. And this one has mixed reviews. And I'm actually interested in checking this out for myself. I have not checked yeah. it out yet. Um, I think I'm going to get it for Xbox if I can. Well, here's the warning. People that love it love the fact that it's really good looking. It performs really well. It does not have microtransactions in it. And everything is earnable through the story. So everyone's really happy that EA did that. That once again, after Jedi Fallen Order, this is their second game with Star Wars that is not like Battlefront 2 full of microtransactions. So awesome. Yeah. But the people who are negative about it are like, this is a really expensive game for it being so damn hard. <laughs> it basically, this game is being reported as being really unforgiving. And it has a very large learning curve to getting good at the flight combat. And, good. Um, good. I think it needs right. that. Right. And that's good because if you want a complaint from a game under the the dome of Star Wars where it's going to have the most it's going to have the most eyes on it just trying to tear it apart it better be the criticism of it being too hard <laughs> like if you're going to have one criticism that's a good criticism to have that's fine people aren't going to say you know <laughs> the only thing worse than being too hard is if it was too easy because if it was too easy no one would have fun with it so the fact that it's too hard at least that will weed out people who are just casual gamers, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, Especially if that it becomes warning, something that gets you know? competitive. Especially if it's something that can turn competitive as far as dogfights and something like that. You know, uh, playing online against other people, you want people that are going to be good. You know what I mean? That's, that's what's going to mm -hmm. make the gameplay even better if it's PvP style or anything like that, which would be a really cool addition if it's not. However, um, I agree with you 100%. I would rather a game be too hard than too easy. It's not fun when it's too easy. If it if it goes so easy that it it doesn't take you very long to do it, maybe you know, 12 hours, 13 hours to complete the game, especially a game like this, then it's not worth 60 bucks. It's worth maybe 10. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just not worth it. Right. If you want to, you know, and that that might be a good idea, too, is to have some sort of an easy mode where anybody who picks easy, that's all they're paired up with. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and that's that's just one of those things where it's it's just I think it's good that it's hard because. Oh, yeah. Um, to tell you the truth, those original old Rogue Squadron games, some of those are pretty hard and some of them were not hard just because the game was hard. But because of the limitations of the consoles, like I remember there was one on the N64 where flying in an X-Wing was pretty hard um, as far as like locking onto a target and stuff. That stuff was pretty hard with that joystick on the N64. But that being said, um, I think it's cool that it's come full circle and there's this really high def Rogue Squadron that is proving to be just as difficult um, to newer players. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, with that out of the way, I guess we can get to the news um, because that was a really long intro. Um, yeah. But, you know, everyone has to be happy in episode 69. So let's get to the news. Oh, yeah, it's time for the news, bitch.
So the first thing in news that I have this week is that uh, the Xbox Series X, I have to think about it before I say it now because it's so crazily similar. Uh, the Series X and Series S, well, I guess just the X probably in this case, is launching with a game called The Falconer that is already optimized for 8K, which wow. sounds crazy. <laughs> but it's only making headlines because that is the headline. There's already been a confirmed game to run in 8K. Now, if you look at trailers of The Falconer, you'll see that its graphics look a little simpler and it looks like probably the Series X wouldn't have to work so hard at actually rendering this game. So it can probably also upscale it to 8K. So that's probably why this game is going to be available in 8K. But once again, you know, name someone you know with an 8K television, you know? Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's just thinking way ahead. It's pretty crazy to read that. Um I know a lot of people are like scared because they're like, oh my God, I got to go buy new TVs now. But it's not really that. It's just. um, It'll be ready when you finally do do have it. Yeah, it's more (laughs) that it's just saying it is capable of it. Uh, Because like, believe me, if the game is pushing the Series X to its like fullest potential, it's not going to be like uh, a good choice to put it in 8K. You will want to downgrade to 4K if there is a resolution choice output on the game, <laughs> um, there there's really no reason to be doing that, especially in a game that demands a lot. So it's more of it's more of a flex, just saying that this game is capable of doing that on the Series yeah. X. So uh, that being said, let's get to some hilarious news. Um, Chromecast has um google has discontinued the current chromecast ultra that is available in stores so once they sell out you won't be able to get any more now the upcoming replacement for the chromecast ultra the chromecast like tv chromecast you know uh ultra replacement basically the new model yeah has been announced that it will not support stadia for the first half of 2020 one i'm sorry not 2020 what a great, great business idea. <laughs> so a lot of people are wondering if Google has completely forgotten about Stadia. Now, I would argue that judging by the ads on YouTube for Stadia, that they have not forgotten about them because I can't um, it, I can't get away from ads for Stadia. It's very annoying. Um, but the fact that their main their main headlining, streaming platform that's made by themselves will not be able to run the service that is designed for it for six months or more, depending on when it comes out this year. So basically (laughs) you have to find an old Chromecast to even run Stadia. So this is just all really weird. Um, I don't know if this is them closing the door on Stadia unofficially, but that's really weird. Um, I can't describe how weird this story is because it's one of those things where if they chose to just pull the plug on Stadia and say that they tried a year and a half later, uh, there's just not enough interest, uh, so they're pulling the plug, that's one thing. But they're claiming that they're going to work towards the support on the Chromecast halfway through next year which is going to be a quarter 
or maybe a third of the life of Stadia, it won't be available. <laughs> so it's just really weird from every angle you look at it. Um, yes, I, I, I hear you. It's just a great business model. It's just, it's insanely stupid. Like, um, I can't even, I can't even express how mind numbing this is in the sense that they're presenting a product and they're not even giving it a chance. And I don't understand why they're even still pushing it. Um, I don't feel like there's enough money in it. And um, I just can't, I just can't believe they would do that. It's just, it's just really ridiculous to think about. And to tell you the truth, I don't even know where you can play Stadia if it's not on your phone. I guess they're just saying the main source of Stadia use is going to be on tablets and phones now, just not on your TV. It's going to be really weird. Um, huh. I don't know. It, it's it's crazy to think about. It's really stupid. Um, the last piece of news that I have though, that is not as stupid, but it's kind of head scratching. Um, it's kind of head scratching. The PlayStation five was officially announced to use, uh, the X to confirm and the O to cancel in all regions. Now, if you live in America, this is how it always has been. But for the last 26 years, X and O have wor- have been backwards in what they do in Japan. And now if you've ever used a Switch Pro controller y- and y- you just switched from using a PlayStation or Xbox controller, you'll notice that the cancel and confirm buttons are backwards. And it's actually very hard to get used to on the Switch because um, you're just so habitually used to Xbox and PlayStation. The bottom button is confirm and the button to the right above it is cancel. But on the Switch, that's backwards. And apparently, I didn't even know this, but in Japan, the PlayStation had them backwards too. Because apparently, it's all stemming from the Nintendo Famicom and the Super Nintendo having it be left and right as confirm and cancel, you know. And when they graduated to four buttons, they still kept left and right, even though one was further down. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It was PlayStation and Xbox that adopted this confirm by the bottom button practice that has just been in place this long. So it's really weird that PlayStation, a J- Japan-based company, is switching to a Western button mapping. And it's just, it's re- this is really mind-boggling too, because it's going to make the the joke of this is a lot of people saying that how long is this going to take you to get used to if you live in Japan? If you've been using confirm and cancel a certain way for 26 years and it's worse in Japan because in America, if you play a Nintendo product, you're used to those buttons being backwards, but you're also used to the American versions on Sony and Microsoft being the other way around. But in Japan, all the consoles were confirmed and canceled the same direction. So this is totally different because they've never had to use the Western button mapping. So it's really weird for Sony to do this because now they're going to be the only console in Japan that's doing this Western button mapping of confirm and cancel. And the only thing that makes sense about this is that it's going to make first party games, I guess, make a bigger deal about what's confirm and what's cancel but i mean they already probably have to change it for different consoles and regions you know i don't know yeah it doesn't seem like a big enough issue for them to just make a statement like this 
and then just expect all their developers to follow suit. So, um, this is this is a really weird piece of news because it's confusing as as to why they would even try to do it, and more confusing why they wouldn't just stick with the Japanese model. Because if if they said that they were making all Western button mapping the Japanese mapping, we'd be like, well, they are a Japanese company. I guess we'll get used to it. But them to do it in the Western mapping is just really odd, and I don't really know what to think about it. Um, I I would be very unsurprised if they just went back on this statement and said, uh, don't worry, we're keeping the Japanese layout that way and <laughs> the Western layout the other way. Don't worry, we're going to do what we always have done for almost 30 years, you know, so... I don't know. <laughs> on. I just think that's really I can see confusing. that too. Yeah. They, it, it doesn't make any sense to change it all of a sudden, you know, when you know, you like you're saying, you know, it, we're talking, they've been doing it an entire for generation. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've been doing it for three, four generations, four generations of playstations have had different region confirm and cancel. And they're deciding now to make it regionless. It's just really random because everyone's been growing up with this system and yeah. it's going to be like press press X to confirm and you've been so used to doing circle, you know? So that's yep. crazy. It even makes sense. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. In Japan, circle to confirm is like a circle can be seen as like turning something on or completing yes. something and an X kind of means cancel. But I didn't even yep. realize that in America the whole time we've been pressing X to confirm. It feels really weird because it's like you're I always thought it was like you were filling in a checkbox, you know, check yes, you know, or no if you'll go out with yeah. me or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Or like X it marks is an the X. spot. Yeah, it's not a check mark. It is an X. It is a yeah. cancel. And the circle makes more sense to confirm. But instead of just switching the buttons to the like original, they're making everyone have it wrong now. So that's crazy. Absolute craziness. I don't know. I, I'm about to hand it off to you with the news, but I forgot. There was a story like a year ago that I reported on where there was some, it may have been UK Sony Twitter said that the X was always like a plus sign, that it was never a X or something. I remember no, 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 they called to it say cross. that. Yeah. They called it yeah. cross. They said it was never X, that it was called cross. And like, like everyone X. was like, I've been calling it X my whole life. And they're like, no, well, it's always been cross. And then someone found in like the manual to the original PlayStation one from the nineties, they found in it that it referred to it as cross and it like ended the debate of it. You know, it's oh, just, wow. it's one of those Mandela effects where everyone's like, it's been X my whole life. How could, how could it be cross? You know, but uh, <laughs> it, it it's funny that that, is like just a year ago that happened. And now they're talking about switching them up for half of the world. But yeah, I'll give it to you now because I'm done with my stories for this week. Oh, well, yeah, I don't have very much. Actually, like you were saying, it's been a pretty slow week in news and uh, not much has really happened uh, that was worth reporting on. Um, I did talk a while back about Frostpunk um, that they were talking about doing a board game, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, video games that go into the uh, to their own board game, not that incorporate another board game into it like Monopoly does with World of Warcraft, which I do have a copy of that and other things. 
Uh, but Frostpunk uh, was going to do a board game. And so what they did is they went ahead and they started a Kickstarter. This thing uh, wanted 200,000 pounds in order to do their uh, their that was their funding goal. And it was running up until October 29th, which is, you know, what? Uh, 22 days away. So uh, these guys were completely funded in just under four, uh, 54 minutes. Um, uh, 200,000 pounds, uh, British pounds. Uh, and basically after that, um, after they went ahead and uh, put that on, which was on the 6th, uh, as of the uh, just a few hours ago, they had exceeded 640,000 pounds. Um, so, wow. uh, Frostpunk's a board game has more than been, uh, uh, funded. Um, they only wanted $200,000 to fund it. So now they can put together some sort of an outstanding package, uh, for people that are going to be wanting this. Uh, the board game is expected to ship in October, 2021. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty neat. I'm actually thinking about getting it. Um, but 640,000, that was a little bit ago. I haven't checked it lately, but yeah, uh, it's absolutely nuts. That's absolutely nuts that a Kickstarter would, uh, would go that, that high, that fast. So just in a couple of days, it went over a half a million pounds. <sighs> we need to kickstart our, uh, podcast. Anyway, uh, next thing that I want to talk about <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> this is a lot of fun, actually. Um, uh, Blair Witch the the game have you played that i started it um but i didn't play very much of it well i was thinking about playing it and i've watched several people play it and it's you know it, it seems it, you know very terrifying uh as a game and uh i don't know if i'd be able to handle it i don't do really good with um uh uh, uh scary games. scary games like this yeah and uh, one of the cool things about it now, though, is uh, this Halloween, it's going VR. Uh, so now you can play <laughs> on October 29th, another October 29th release date uh, for the Oculus Quest. You get to see uh, Blair Witch in VR. Um, I was watching a little bit of video. Uh, there is a part that I saw where you and uh yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to handle all that in VR either. <laughs> I already can't handle horror games. I'd probably end up having a stroke if I played this. Uh, but I am interested to watch uh, how this goes um, online with some of these streamers who play this kind of stuff. Uh, it's going to be really cool to watch people play it in VR. So, yep, Blair Witch Project coming in VR. I told you these were going to be really quick stories. Uh, this is another cool thing, dude. I think we talked about this back in the past that Japan was talking about mm -hmm. opening a theme park called Super Nintendo World. Um, they announced that Super Nintendo World is going to open up uh, in um, uh, spring of 2021. Uh, it's going to be at Universal Studios uh, Japan. That's in Osaka. Uh, so you're going to have new Super Nintendo World. Um, obviously, it was pushed back. This thing was supposed to be uh, before the Summer Olympics in Tokyo, um, but uh, it was pushed back because of COVID. And I don't even know if we're going to have the Summer Olympics, are we? Because of COVID. I don't think so. I think they already canceled that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, um, they're going to have a themed cafe uh, in Hollywood at the Universal Studio. Uh, 
uh, in their Hollywood area. So um, they have some uh, pictures of what it's going to look like uh, with the um, the uh, cafe and uh, the theme park, etc. Uh, it looks pretty cool, man. It looks like a lot of fun. It's this, you know, I would probably go check this out just because of the nostalgic feel of it all, because a lot of us grew up playing Nintendo and, you know, that was one of the big games for all of us. And, uh, they have some really cool, uh, merchandise that's going to be on sale also. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, it looks pretty cool, but I mean, obviously I'm not going to be going to Japan to play, um, at, at this place, but, uh, yeah. Super Nintendo World, if you are a world traveler, go to it. Tell me about it. And, uh, yeah, I'll be uh, jealous forever. Yeah, the Olympics have been postponed. Okay. They were supposed that, to be in July. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, obviously, uh, summer's over with, so. Uh, World of Warcraft, I've been talking about that. They have a new expansion coming out called Shadowlands. Unfortunately, that was pushed back uh, to the end of the year. It was supposed to be released on October 24th. Um, but, uh, yeah, they had to push it back. Um, however, uh, they have published a pre-expansion patch survival guide, um, in order to get everybody ready for it, because there are a ton of changes, um, that's going to be, uh, coming out with it. Now, this is a video that you can watch, uh, through YouTube. Um, it, it's going to be, there is huge customer or uh, customizations of your characters that you can do on this. Uh, the class changes alone are just crazy. Um, there's all sorts of new content in the world. I mean, there's, they've gone through this where, uh, this is also going to be, uh, they're, they're doing something that's going to make it, uh, uh, LGBTQ. Am I saying that right? Uh, inclusive. Yes. Um, and the game is also, I guess, going to tackle some of that stuff in the game. So, uh, besides the level cap being squished down from 120 to 60, uh, you get reset automatically at 50, and then you have to get to level 60 across the board. Uh, it's going to be crazy, man. So I've been doing nothing but uh, leveling up my characters as many as I can to 120. I think I've got four now that are up to 120, um, and I've been trying to push for uh, gear. Uh, trying to get them at least all to a item level of 430 because uh, once you uh, 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 get to that certain level and they squish everything, I think item level 470 goes down to a 186. So there are some big squishes that are coming. Um, also, uh, there's going to be four total new zones in this game, uh, Revendreth, uh, Ardenwild, Mount Draxus, and Bastion which I thought was kind of funny because, you know, of uh, Overwatch and this is a Blizzard game. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, there is that video. Uh, it talks about the uh, what you need to do before uh, Shadowlands starts and also the things that are going to be in the pre-patch as far as the customization. And like I said, there's going to be a lot of new things. They're adding a lot of stuff to this game. So uh, they're saying that this is going to be the expansion of all expansions. There's a lot of people that were playing it beforehand that were actually saying that uh, this could be better than Wrath of the Lich King, which, in my opinion, was one of the best expansions they've ever had. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting, really, really cool. I'm completely psyched for this. Uh, like I said, I've been playing it a lot more, and uh, I'm really excited about the whole leveling process and the fact that you can get to 60 uh, pretty quickly. So, yeah, let's see what's going to happen. But uh, it should be by the end of this year. Uh, another story that I have uh, 
is uh, on Switch. They're going to be an Overwatch free trial. Uh, it's going to be inv- available to Nintendo Switch Online members, and that's going to start on October 13th. Uh, it's going to be running for a week um, until 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time on October 20th, or from 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time from the 13th through the 20th. And uh, it gives you the full version of the game as part of their game trials program. And uh, uh, you're going to get to play it on the switch, which we were, we also knew this was coming anyway. Right. I mean, that they were going to be playing it on the switch. Um, The uh, alongside the free play period, the legendary edition is going to be available uh, for sale um, with a 50% discount price. Uh, So that's kind of neat. Um, and, uh, there are bundles and all sorts of crap. So they're really hyping this up for the switch. I'm really interested to see how it's going to play. How do you think that it's going to play on the switch? Um, I really don't know. Um, you mean, how does it already play on the switch? Well, it's a free trial, right? Does We're it already about Overwatch, right? Yeah. Does it already play on the Switch? Yeah, I'm gonna back up and edit that out. It already is on the Switch. I didn't it's know that it was already like on the Switch. Oh wow. I thought they were waiting to do that until uh <clears throat> Overwatch 2 came out. <clears throat> no, it's already on the Switch. Okay. Well, we'll edit that out then. Yeah. So you want to restart the- that story? You can just talk about it being on free trial. It's been <clears throat> yeah. out a year, so right. sales are probably down. They probably aren't selling it enough, so they're trying to make people try it out. All right. Ready? Good. Okay, next story that I've got is uh, from October 13th uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time through October 20th. Uh, Overwatch is going to be free uh, to play on the Nintendo Switch Online for the members. Um, so, uh, like you were telling me before uh, a while back, actually today before the show uh that uh uh, i had no idea about this but overwatch has been on the switch for a while i don't have a switch so i don't play it uh we probably have talked about that before in one of our podcasts but uh yeah they're going to be offering a seven day trial period for all members of nintendo switch online and um you have to cancel it otherwise you're going to be uh charged for it um it says in the uh, story. So you get access to the complete game. However, you also do have access to the Overwatch Legendary Edition for 50% off in case you do like it. And uh, there are some other bundles which give you uh, subscriptions to Nintendo Switch Online that are coming with it, etc. So, yeah, go ahead and check it out. Go to the Nintendo Store, download the free uh, the, the entire game and get the free version. Uh, the free trial and then uh, just remember that you got to cancel it so that you don't get charged for it uh, but i think you'll like it yeah, if you've never played overwatch before give it a shot uh, it's a great game a lot of fun very addictive yeah, uh, that's, that's a cool promotion because it also gives you something else if you already have nintendo switches online services which is only like 20 bucks a year yeah it's already pretty cheap so to be able to try a game that long is pretty cool yeah, it is actually. Uh, last thing that I want to talk about. This is actually really cool. You know about the new video cards coming out, the RTX 3090. <clears throat> yeah. 
uh, supposed to be an incredibly super powerful uh, video card. Now, this thing comes with 24 gigabytes of VRAM. Well, there is a uh, software engineer who has a uh, Twitter handle of Strife212. So the RTX 3090 that comes with 24 gigabytes of VRAM, Strife212 used a program that's called VRAM Drive, and they made a 15 gigabyte virtual disk on the graphic, uh, the GPU's VRAM. And then they installed Crisis 3 on that virtual disk, and that left nine gigabytes of VRAM to run the game. They were able to run it in 75 frames per second on 4K resolution on very high settings, and it barely crossed the 20 gigabyte total VRAM utilization line. So they installed the game on the graphics card and played it off the graphics card, not off their CPU. And it ran at 4K resolution. I'm looking at some of the pictures, and there are some screenshots that are just amazing and it looks absolutely beautiful i mean it's showing the cpu usage was only 43 percent. the gpu usage was 80 percent. but you know it is using the gpu uh the ram and it's 75 frames per second yeah absolutely insane but that's crazy that they were able to create a a virtual uh disc on the on the vram i didn't know you could do that I had yeah, no that's, clue. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's it's extremely impressive, but but just to know that a video card is that powerful is insane. But unfortunately, you would only be able to play one game at a time. You'd have to unload it, reload it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but wow, amazing. You know, I mean, that people just think of this stuff and and do it is just absolutely incredible. But that's all I got, yeah. man. I thought I'd end it on that. That was that's how powerful that graphics card is. Is it overpriced? Absolutely. I think it's like fifteen hundred dollars or something like that for that card. It's mm-hmm. an insane amount. It's just disgusting. Uh, but uh, yeah. Well, people think it's really cheap for what it is, which is crazy. So if you're in the market for it, it's like yeah. I mean, if you could afford it, yeah, I get it. I mean, because you're probably not going <laughs> to need anything for years. But yeah, I mean, I imagine if I had that kind of money, I'd have a system that could run something like that, you know, like an i9 with the RTX 3090. Oh my God, could you imagine? Like 32 gigabytes of RAM. You'd be able to run anything, anything. Two terabyte SSD. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Well, yeah. um, Hopefully it'll be a busier week in news this next week yeah um, but uh, i'm i'm glad i played so many games so that we could have a show <laughs> because <laughs> i don't feel like there was that much news on any field this week there really um, wasn't however one thing just though, one of the slow weeks one thing that did come up and uh we had talked about this before um and we had speculated on the whole thing with dr disrespect So I wanted to talk about this. Uh, He came out on YouTube and uh, said that he wanted to talk a little bit about the whole Twitch ban. Um, One of the things that you and I talked about and one of the speculations that I made, I didn't know if you agreed with me or not, was that I said that they probably got rid of him because of the cost that it was going to cost them for Shroud, Ninja, and I can't remember the other person's name. Uh, 
And Dr. Disrespect just came out and that's exactly what he said. He said that they couldn't afford him, but could afford the other three. What does that tell you about who's worth what? You know what I mean? Dr. Disrespect is, is probably one of the, one of the top streamers, um, in the world. And it's because of how entertaining he is. It's because of how he plays his game. And he's got, he's got more irons in the fire than people think. And he owns way more than what people think. And his net worth is probably a lot bigger than several of those other streamers. But the fact that Twitch got rid of him so that they could afford Ninja shroud and whoever else it was speaks volumes to how much this guy is worth and what he means to the streaming community. I mean, it's huge. It's huge. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, we were right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And you heard it here first. I can't remember what episode it was, but you did. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I mean, that was a good speculation. I was doubting that because of how ridiculous that would have been. But the fact that nothing has come out from like any yep. angle, I mean, it just it seems like that has to be what it is now because something would have come out, you know. That's what that's if what he it was said. another reason. Yeah, it's been that's so what he long. Said. What has it been? Half a year? Yeah, they said they. It's been you like know, over he, six months. He said they couldn't afford his contract because he was going to be getting like ten million a year, and they they used that instead for the other three. So it, it just makes sense to me. They were getting more bang for their buck, so they thought. But to be honest with you, I think it just made Dr. Disrespect more popular because he hadn't actually done anything wrong. And they can't, you know, they can't come out and say that it's because he did this at uh, Comic-Con or whatever, you know, it's because he was in a bathroom videotaping or whatever, because they already dealt with that issue. So for them to come back and punish him again for that same thing is absolute bullshit. You know, we all know it. it. You know, everybody would be able to see through that for the most part. But yeah, man, it's just uh, it, it, it's surprising that unfortunately that's what it was for. But hey, it, it's made him, you know, even bigger, <clears throat> even bigger. Right. And uh, that's I think that's a pretty good way to close out the show because yeah. we actually like came full circle to a different topic that we talked about on a different show. So, yeah, good job. Um, let's, uh, call it a day and, uh, wish you all a beautiful day in gaming, wherever you are. Uh, be sure to game safely, everyone, and, uh, be sure to wrap it up. And, um, remember it's not the newest news in gaming. Unless it's new to us. 